All listeners prepare for boarding. This is International Lounge. Hello and welcome to International Lounge. This is Captain Abdu speaking along here with head baggage handler, Andres. Hello. All right. This is your passport to world culture. We explore history, music, film, food, and tales from travelers. So put your tray tables down because it's going to be a smooth ride. All right. <laughs> we are here with our first class passenger and guest, Shatha Yas. She is a Palestinian comedian in New York City was featured in the 19th annual Arab American Comedy Festival, grew up in the West Bank, trained at UCB, Second City, The Barrow Group, and is host of the Comic Law Podcast. So everybody at home, give a big round of applause to Shatha. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> right. That was a really professional intro. <laughs> right. I, want, I want to make sure everyone is clapping. I mean, even if you're driving, listening to this podcast. Yeah, stop holding the steering wheel clap and start clapping. Loudly. It's legal. Yes, yeah. do it now. All right, so... Everybody, our destination today is Palestine. Woo! All right. Okay. Now, some of you might say, well, technically, Palestine isn't a country. So, so true. Okay. Well, we've, we've settled that <laughs> then. Okay. I want it up. fans on All both right. sides, okay? Hey, good All podcast. Right. All right. Well, listen, there's a lot of places that should be countries that aren't, like Taiwan. And there's a lot of bullshit-ass places that shouldn't be countries that are, like Vatican City, mm. okay? Mm. And it's barely a city. Think about that. It's a yeah. borough of Rome at best. That's like if Staten Island was a country, the <laughs> nation of Staten Island. That would be lovely. Uh, it is kind of its own. <laughs> I do wish it were to secede from the United States. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> Shatha, if you could sum up the entirety of mm. Palestinian history, culture, and politics in one word, what would you say? No pressure. Yeah. But just one word. Whatever. One monosyllabic word. Yeah. Perhaps. Not too many syllables. Yeah. Not too many syllables. Ooh. Yeah. He said mono. Mono means one. Yeah. One syllable. <laughs> monosyllabic. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Well, All right. Wow. That was pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually the perfect response to that. Really? That was very impressive. All right. I think we're in I think we're in for, for, a, for, a, for a fun ride here. Gonna okay. Be fun. We're yeah. Gonna be fun. So uh, I don't know if the studio, I, I, if, are we on a plane? I don't know if that's how we're imagining us. I love planes. Yeah. 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 I like that. We were talking about this before, and I was saying I like to think of us as like on one of those. Old like single engine Cessna yeah. like cargo sure, planes just sure. barreling across the. But are South we Pacific. passive passengers or are we pilots in the cockpit? I feel like we're we're just sort of participants in an adventure <laughs> to unknown climbs and. So we're hijackers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's <laughs> your words. Huh? Sure. All right. Well, we will we will go with that then. Okay. Fine. I'm fine with that. Honestly, I'm, I don't give a so shit. So this this brings us to our first segment: a brief time of history. All right. Now. <laughs> Palestine goes by many names. Palestine, Palisette, Pittsburgh, probably. I've heard it called Pittsburgh. <laughs> right. There's all kinds of stuff. I don't know. But, okay, Palestine was a part of Canaan, right? Mm -hmm. Where famously the kingdoms of Israel and Judah were. And I guess, I don't know. I don't know how accurate it is, but Palestine was southern Canaan, and that's where the Philistines lived. Or I think, or all of it was Canaan, and the Philistines were in the south. Is why my under general understanding. Um, I'm going to take your word for okay. it because <laughs> my knowledge of history pre 1948 is mm. awful. All right. Um, because I learned a lot of Islamic history growing mm. up in Palestine. 
So I know way too much about Prophet Muhammad. Okay. And what he like like to have for, up. for breakfast. All right. Really? But <laughs> yes. But um but in general, like I didn't learn about World War II until I was in twelfth grade oh, and wow. how it affected the situation in Palestine. Oh, wow. Like yes. our history cu- curriculum was very lacking. Wow. And I think it was a I was talking to my dad about it. He had a Jordanian curriculum growing up. We got a, like a revised Palestinian curriculum. Really? And it's very bad when it comes to like social studies, history, all those topics. Like all the good teachers would force us to do outside reading because our textbooks weren't giving us enough information. So for a long time, I thought wow. history went like this. Dinosaurs, Islam, and then Palestine, Israel. That's about right. I mean, I, I mean, that's most of it. Maybe like the cotton gin was invented somewhere in between. Eli it skips a lot. It skips a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. What did you think about World War II when you learned about it? <sighs> Crazy. It's wild. I was like, wow. wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you were born in the twenties, you wouldn't have learned about World War II. It's true. Until you were. But you'd be dead now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in two thousand, you'd sure. be alive. Sure. Yeah. Pretty good. But yes, the thing about the Canaanites and. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, that. I, I just, before we yeah, move on, because now I have to know, it's going to drive me crazy if yeah. I don't ask you, but what did the prophet eat for breakfast? I'm not. I'm not <laughs> just, yeah, what? I'm I don't not, really I'm know. Genuinely, just earnestly. <laughs> I don't, okay, I can't really remember, but like lots of dates. Yeah. So, okay, so I think yeah. it, the whole area is Canaan. The yeah. south uh, the, is the Philistines. And apparently the Philistines. This the they came from what were called the sea people, mm-hmm. which they kind of sound like amphibious <laughs> monsters, but they're just people that were they're from the sea. Sea so they came from the Mediterranean. Why call them sea yeah, people? They, they they're just these mysterious sea people, but they're just Mediterranean people. Yeah, Mediterranean. The sea right. is everywhere. Yeah. But okay. So they came over. Those are the sea people. They went to the south of Canaan, and those are the Philistines. So I think that's kind of, that's where we are yep. so far Geographically, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then Bronze Age is going on, city-states followed by Egyptian rule and eventual withdrawal. I mean, the Egyptians always had their, their hands in everything, yep. right? Busy guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, let's get into the biblical accounts. This is where <sighs> it gets do. fun. Please do. Awesome. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so around 1800 BCE, Abraham led his nomadic tribe from Mesopotamia to Canaan. Okay, his descendants relocate to Egypt because of drought and crop failure. Sadly, only to get caught up into a bit of a slavery situation. Mm. That'll do it. That's why if, if there's if there's droughts, crop failures, stay put. It only gets worse if you leave. That's the lesson. Is that that's mm. the Bible lesson? Is that's that, my Sunday oh. school lesson. Would you tell that to refugees today? I <laughs> may not. Okay, say it. Right away, but it's it not the could first happen. thing. <laughs> Consider your options. <laughs> it could happen, um, but good, good, uh, good counterpoint, right? Yeah, that's a good counterpoint. Yeah. That's fast. <laughs> <Things like that. laughs> All right, so I love this. This okay. is it. This is what we're here to do. Okay, so Moses leads them out of slavery and back to Israel in 1250 BC, as obviously famously depicted in the Disney film Frozen. Frozen, right? right. So we have all seen it, right? <laughs> Joshua comes around, captures Jericho in Canaan, right? That's the story where they march around it. Uh, so there were people hanging around in, in Jericho. The yeah. horns. That's the, the story with the horns. Yeah, they blow the horns. Uh, okay. So now the Israelites <laughs> unify under Saul 
And it's that's, that's quite a historically accurate uh, awesome. uh, impression there. That's oh, thank you. Um, so um, then follows his successors, David and Solomon. Okay. Then Solomon's temple is built in the 10th century BCE. Okay. Now uh, we've all heard of it. The cool thing is what was inside of it. That's the mystery. What are your thoughts? What is your guess? What was inside Solomon's temple in the basement? Ooh, is it like is that well a well known thing? Uh, no, I think it's one of those like oh mystery things. What, like, do you what think was he put down there? there? <sighs> if I was Solomon, what would yeah. I put? I think in it was basement? he played the guitar. I think did he? <laughs> All right, so, so I from my because I went. I was, you know, a seminarian for a short time. Sure, I'm sure. A, you know, comparative theology guy. Yeah, casual. Casual. <laughs> As one does when they're 16. No, no. I had to get out of New Jersey somehow. <laughs> um, anyway, I have my theory about what was it in King Solomon's Temple. Mm -hmm. And from, from what I can, from what I can discern from various texts or whatever, source materials, it was, um, a layer of nougat and then a th and then ca ca gooey caramel on the inside. Mm, mm -hmm. That is that from the Masoretic text? That's from the oh, Masoretic sure. text. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Or the Septuagint, the, perhaps in the Septuagint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, what's the Voynich manuscript? Voynich <laughs> manuscript. Sure. Yeah, wow. the Voynich manuscript. It's in there as well. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, nobody knows how to read it. Yeah. 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 It's difficult. But there's drawings. <laughs> there's a little Yoda in there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. Good. Wait, Andrew, what do you think? There's okay, well, one of the things was the Ark of the Covenant. Mm. Okay. Uh, now, let's talk about that. So the Ark of the Covenant was sort of this portable altar, right? Mm -hmm. um, they brought it around with them, kept it in Solomon's temple. You know, after it's destroyed, all of it disappears. So before we get to where it could be today, mm. one thing I did want to mention was I think at some point the Philistines did capture the Ark of the Covenant. Oh. And they were cursed by God, and he gave them hemorrhoids. That is direct that biblical That explains account. what I'm having. <laughs> well, I'm glad we could diagnose you today. <laughs> they say keto is good for the <laughs> yeah, 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 it helps, it helps. <laughs> Wait, so it's a portable altar. Yeah, it's a portable How altar. How big are we saying? Like it's the size like, of an easel or like It's what? like, so all the dimensions I think are in cubits or whatever they yeah. use then. I don't even know, <laughs> you know. So it's probably the size of if... Maybe if all of our bodies were stacked on top of each other, in like That's dead bodies, <laughs> I only uh, can measure things in the in, size in, of three corpses. In, in, in okay, corpses. all right. So uh, pretty heavy. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, these are not the exact measurements that I'm I'm using. Uh, mm. That were so written. so it was it was special because they did a bunch of magic with it and it worked out. They did a bunch of stuff and so uh, they kept it around. It was just like a totem. Yeah, and it, it gave like magic. It, it gives. The Philistines hemorrhoids. Mm. It's really, it's actually its most important feature. It's like if you steal somebody's lucky rabbit's foot, it's like opposite luck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how the but Philistines actually hemorrhoids? felt about hemorrhoids. That's yeah. what that's what sources it said. say? It said hemorrhoids. So <laughs> random. <laughs> okay, how far back does the Quran go? Does it, because does it reference like Adam and Eve? I think it, I'm... So I it think must. It goes it as must. far back as that, and then it goes to, I mean, all I know is Ishmael. 
does it is that an important part of the Quran? You're really asking the wrong person. Because oh. <laughs> what I did was I memorized ah. lots of chunks of the Quran. Sure. Didn't really care to understand yeah. it that yeah. much. Like if you had to like Catholics do that too. But all of those are Everybody all of those people, that. yes. Reference yeah. in the Quran. I was all taught right. about that. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. Yeah. I have a friend who gave me a, a, a Quran with um translations. I, I haven't started reading okay. it yet. Yeah. Read it. It's, it's a really a, nice gift. He's a sweet guy. It's a sequel. It's the last version of the so, trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Is it a, I was because they're all Abrahamic, right? Is it a yeah. sequel? Okay. Is it is it Batman Returns? Or I guess that's not really that's the second one. Mm. So I guess that's Christianity. Mm. I need a trilogy. Okay. Is it the Return of the Jedi? <laughs> well, no, because I want to even say, is it is it Batman Begins? Is it a reboot? Because it goes back to the origin. It goes back as far as Genesis. Mm. So is it more of a reboot or is it a sequel? It is a revelation of the protagonist you didn't think was the protagonist oh. all along. Uh, okay. Cool. So, cool. and I've been thinking about oh. this because I think like Muhammad mm -hmm. as a political and military strategist, one mm -hmm. of the smartest people mm -hmm. of the three, I think. Mm -hmm. Because what Muhammad did is he came, and I'm not very religious, so I'm speaking about him as yeah, like yeah, just yeah. a human. Yeah, historically. Um, historically, he came, because no one wants to be told they're stupid. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So he came and he's like, how do I get the most amount of people to believe in me? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And he didn't go to the Christians and Jews and say, you're wrong. You are dumb. The people you believed mm -hmm. were wrong. He came and subsumed all of them. Mm -hmm. He said they were right. They were right. I'm just the ending. I'm the finale. Oh. Yeah. And everything you learned was correct, but I have a little bit yeah. of tweaks. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Voila! That's <laughs> and there's awesome. no one after me. Mm. That's the important uh, thing. He's mm. like, I am the final prophet. Mm. There's no one after me. And the way the Islamic State was set up as a government, as an institution, was very much in, an, in alignment of that, that there will be no Muhammad after Muhammad. Uh -huh. So everyone who came was were like, um, were like friends of the prophet or early adopters of Islam, but no one amounts to a prophet. Like in Khulafat al-Rashidin, right? I don't know how you, how you say it in English, but... But they're the guys who came after after right. Muhammad died, um, and they kind of led the okay. Islam and a lot of the um, movements to take over the Arab world. Like and the caliphs. Yes, okay. yes, that's okay. it. That's it. The caliphs. Cool. Um, yeah. So I think super smart guy. So circling back to Ark of the Covenant, mm. where is it today? Some believe it's in Ethiopia. Oh, okay. uh, oh I believe it. Lion yeah. of Judah. So. Yeah. All right. So that's the eye. All right. So here's the thought. I believe it. It's in it's in a it's in a it's in a Tawahido Orthodox Church in Ethiopia, but because it's so powerful that it would disrupt the world if anyone were to look upon it, nobody can see it. Like they guard it. They won't allow it's anyone covered? to see. It. Yeah. They won't allow anyone to to go and see it. Okay. Mm. Which usually means. It's not there. They don't have it, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. huge. Because yeah. it's sort of like you they're like. You make so much tourist money I off know, of it. I know. Of course it. they would do it. Yeah. They would. It would be t-shirts and bobbleheads and. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically what they're saying is like, well, it's so precious that we can never show it to you. 
tell you where it is, what it looks like, or describe it in any way. Mm. This is basically Ethiopia's middle school girlfriend that they met at camp yeah. that lives mm-hmm. in Canada. Yeah. And they write letters? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember her name right now. Whatever. It's not but important. she's super hot. She's really hot. <laughs> and she loves me. <laughs> Or maybe they're just plagued with hemorrhoids and they're embarrassed. (laughs) Okay, so. uh, No, I am. (laughs) We all are. We got the uh, we got the Solomon's Temple, but then after King Solomon, uh, there's two rival kingdoms. That's Judah, which is in the south, the capital of Jerusalem, and the the capital at Jerusalem, and Israel, the northern West Bank in Galilee. so you do have the 10 tribes of Judah. Can any, can you name them? Can you name these 10 tribes? Because I cannot. Uh, I have um, them here, but I could not think of any of them. Uh, uh, Comet, Dasher, <laughs> Donner, Chad, Sleepy, <laughs> Chad, uh, Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> you got most of them. I mean, I, I can list them off to you, but the one it's like Asher, Dan, which Dan doesn't sound very Tribal? It just no. sounds like a dude. No, that, that <laughs> sounds right. Bill, Dan, I don't no, know. That sounds like the tribe of all the slackers who like just didn't want to get involved. <laughs> like, let's just chill. I'm in the tribe of Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah so Dan sounds is, great. That sounds like some my kind tribe. of to Polly Shore esque. Yeah, just cool dude. <laughs> yeah. All right, there's wheezing the juice. Yeah, <laughs> the, so the tribe of Dan is certainly wheezing the juice. Yeah. Um. All right. So Zebulun, that's my favorite one. Right. You got Ephraim, Gad, Issachar. Whatever you can Naf- look up the rest. Naphtali. Yeah. Yeah. Naphtali. That's the name of the current president. Oh, no, Israeli prime minister. Ah. Cool. Not a fan. Don't look him up. Not cool. Oh, not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Shitty name, too. Yeah, all right. I think. (laughs) I don't have a dog in this race, but fuck them. Yeah, fine. I don't care. Whatever. All right, we're going to get into some. We're going to get into some of that. Don't worry. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, All right. So we're at 720 BC. Sargon of Assyria destroys Israel and the 10 tribes disappear. However, there are people that still claim to be descendants from the 10 lost tribes. Now, Sargon's the one that Superman threw in a cube and chucked into space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, So there are also the Hebrew Israelites. I don't know if you've ever encountered them. No. But they are, you were in Brooklyn, so you might have seen them around, but they are a sort of, um, they are an African American group that identify as a lost tribe of Israel. Sometimes called the black Israelites. Uh, Yes. Black Israelites or Hebrew Israelites. Right. Okay. Um, so they're 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 around. There's also they dress pretty. That yeah. I, 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 again, not <laughs> not a religious thing. Just saying, respect the drip. They dress awesome. <laughs> they look so cool. And <laughs> they yell at me every time I walk by. So I try not to engage because they don't like me. Because I, I know what I look like. <laughs> but. <laughs> They look awesome, but I wish I had those ropes. All right. <laughs> There's also another group, and I, 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 I'm kicking myself for forgetting their name, but they're also similar group, uh, but they identify with ancient Egypt. So they actually, mm. they're in Brooklyn. Huh. If you see, you might've seen this like ancient Egyptian like facade, like this building. It's across from some bar in, in Brooklyn. What, in really? Like, yeah. So I went in because I drove past it. Mm-hmm. I saw these like ancient. It looked and like just, said, oh, it's, it's yeah. just like home. I'm yeah. Egyptian. <laughs> so I walked in <laughs> and I started asking all these questions. And like 
they did not want to have a conversation with me. I bought their book. Like I bought the book. You are just Did you tell them you're Egyptian? I told them and I asked them, uh, are any Egyptian people like work here or anything? (laughs) And they said, we identify as Egyptian. Oh, like how I identify as handsome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so I bought the book. I couldn't read half the thing. It wasn't an alien language. Um, I wish I could identify as any nationality. Yeah. Well, what would you choose? Uh, apparently you can just pick stuff. Yeah, one with no, that doesn't require visas wherever you travel. Oh, whatever Canadian. that is. No, they have visa they have restrictions. Visa? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. British? This one. I want it to be a flexible arrangement. You know what I mean? I want to be able to identify as whatever for whatever countries in power at the time. Yeah. 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 Just the best one. The top one. The top The easiest one to be from. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I want to be a top dog. That's what I want. Uh, In 586 BC, the Jews were captured by the Babylonians and enslaved. I guess they weren't doing much. Basically, the Babylonians came in, destroyed the first temple, and exiled the people of Judah to Babylonia. Uh, what's interesting is, all right, the Jews just spent a bunch of time building pyramids, right? Mm-hmm. A ton, ton of time. Why was the temple so easily destroyed? Where was all this pyramid building skill? Where did it go? Why, didn't, why wasn't the temple a pyramid? Huh. Political will. Mm. No, I, I don't know. Geometry. Aesthetics. Geometry. Effort. Yeah. Like we don't need to. Yeah. Because you need a Re- bunch of slaves resource. to build the pyramid. Yeah. And resources. you don't want a temple to be that big. Yeah. Do you don't you? want it that big. You're not really much do you do inside of a pyramid. And you would and need slaves. And you were slaves. forced to build the pyramid. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. a yeah. effort of love. It wasn't yeah. like a passion. Yeah. And it's a fuckload of stone. Yeah. 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 Have you seen? Oh, yeah. Of course you have. Yeah. yeah. I haven't. So in real life, like I have. What's heard. interesting is there's a bunch of other shittier pyramids before the Giza pyramids. Yeah, a bunch so, of tiny ones. Yeah, right? there's yeah. tiny ones. There's a step pyramid. There's I mean, a bent pyramid. You say tiny there's, ones, but they're still fucking big. They're bullshit. Okay, all like right. one story, <laughs> like one story there's high. The, these mastabas that are just like layered, like there's just like layers Piles of shit. Of, Piles of shit. Okay. Uh, so there's those. That's how it started. But it's basically, they were tombs, right? So they put one like rectangular layer, but then they would kind of stack smaller ones on top. Mm. Then you get a step pyramid. Then they tried a bunch it's of times to build, I'd say so, okay. something like that. Okay. Um, then they tried to build a smooth side pyramid, failed a bunch of times. Smooth side? So, yeah, like a like what we know as a pyramid. Oh, oh yeah, 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 a yeah. Smooth side pyramid, which they got the collapsed pyramid. Uh-huh. The bent pyramid. Okay. So they fucked up a bunch of times. So there were no okay. aliens helping out nobody. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. just, it was just yeah. fucking up for centuries and lots and Which lots. is why, listeners, you are also allowed to yeah. fuck up. Yes, absolutely. And then something great will come absolutely. of it, maybe. Yes. And and those mistakes were only at the expense of thousands of thousands as of slaves. As long as it's not you, it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as long as you're hurting other people while sure. you progress, sure. you're okay. Absolutely. Says okay. every guy ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't I know it. Don't we all? All right, so. Uh, Jews are in Babylon. 50 years later, Persia comes in, defeats Babylon, and allows the Jews to return to Jerusalem. And then they go build the second temple in 516 BCE. All right. Now, this brings on an era of just so many people coming in. The Greeks come in. uh, And then different dynasties of the Greeks, the Ptolemies, the, the Seleucids. 
most notably, Wait, I feel like this is the part where we should get one of those, those like, um, oh, what is it? It's like Ukulele. a bazooki or whatever, <laughs> and it like starts kind of slow, and it's like, ding, 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 oh, that'd ding, be nice, ding, 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 little Zorba ding, the Greek, ding, 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 yeah, and then it like builds. Yeah, yeah. We've got Greeks, King Antiochus banning yeah. the temple sacrifices and Shabbat and circumcision. Wait, well, he banned? Well, here's here's okay. here's what I want to yeah. get into. This is interesting, yeah. right? So, uh, uh, in the Seleucid dynasty, you have one of the kings there, right? He so bans like Jewish temples, Shabbat, and circumcision. So, you know, I I do hope that they kept their foreskins to uh, reapply. Um, and then the Jews led by Judah Maccabee revolted. So this is actually, I think this is the Hanukkah story. Well, the Maccabees, uh, the yeah. Maccabees stories are fucking nuts actually. Cause the Maccabees are like, the Maccabees are like the dirty dozen of the Bible. And, and in the Judeo Christian version of history, the Maccabees are this sort of legacy family of badass, rebellious um, upstarts. So there's a ton of really fucked up, gruesome stuff that happens to the Maccabees because they're constantly getting captured and tortured yeah. by yeah. the whoever's in charge. But there's a there's a lot of nut stuff yeah. in the in the book of Maccabees. But that is where we yeah. get the Hanukkah. So, but story. doesn't that I feel is like a much cooler story than the Hanukkah story we know? Because oh we, yeah, because what do you know mm. the Hanukkah story is? Nothing. Okay. All candles. anybody knows is the candles. candles. Yeah. There was some oil, and the oil lasted longer lasted than it longer should than have. They expected it Which, to. no, I'll be honest. Like, if I get through my commute on a quarter tank of gas, I'm telling everybody. It's a big deal. I get it. It is. <laughs> so yeah. I get it. It's a big deal. It is a win. But, but it's not that. There's a much cooler deal. story here yeah. that's not really, you know, emphasized. But okay. Look. Dude, a bunch of a bunch of sneaky badasses like yeah. creeping yeah. into a garrison and yeah. murdering a bunch of <laughs> the, like the Maccabees were nuts. Wait, but what about the animal? Like know. when Ross is explaining Hanukkah in oh. Um, oh, Friends? Friends, he like puts on a costume of something. Oh, really? What was he dressed as? I don't know. I'd have to rewatch. Then there's this. no animal. Maybe <laughs> maybe the plot was that he that was the only costume he. He found there, he wanted yeah. to wear something else. I don't know. So there's there is no like animal. There's like a, a children's book that's like a Jewish dinosaur Hanukkah book. Mm. Oh, an Armageddon. It's a, an armadillo. 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 No, no. He wore an armadillo. <laughs> I now know. He wore an armadillo costume because that was the only one left at the uh, store. When Armageddon was released in Palestine, was it called Megiddo? <laughs> Did they change it? No. All right. I don't know. They could have, but it made for much more box office sales. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, let's let's flash forward now. Okay, uh, so the Jews revolt; they uh, reinstate the 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 temples, all that stuff. Okay, now Romans come in sixty three BC. Okay, they destroy Huge. Jerusalem and the Second Temple, Huge. leaving only true. the Western Wall. Right mm. now, uh, they they rule this province of Judea. Right, it's ruled by a procurator, most famously being Pontius Pilate. Now, he's quite a hard worker. Think about it. Mm. For a Roman, this guy had three executions all before Easter weekend. Okay, he was getting it done. Yep, that's good. Those are good numbers. <laughs> he's putting but points of course, on one the board. Didn't, didn't stick. But can I say? Yeah. In like modern day dictator numbers, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah, but that's it was also it was much smaller population. Yeah. Like Syria, four hundred a day. Oh man, come on, sorry, man. But do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. No that's nothing. <laughs> I mean, if we are talking points on the board. You got, you're right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So now there's upheaval in Judea. 
Uh, Jesus of Nazareth is knocking about, doing his thing. We all know, famously, right? You just screw it around. It's 30 years. How much trouble can you actually get? <laughs> <laughs> then we've got uh, the Great Jewish Revolt. Uh, and Judea was renamed Syria, Palestina, after the Philistines. Right? Mm -hmm. So up until this point, there are the Philistines, mm. but then it's the Romans rename it to Syria, Palestina. So now the word Palestine is that or, or some earlier iteration of it is coming into, into play. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Then Byzantines come through. They rule Palestine for a while. Then. Arabs, 636 CE, Caliph Umar, one of the prophet's successors, comes in, takes it from, takes that land from the Byzantines, mm. right? And he's doing a bunch of stuff. He's got the Dome of the Rock, Al-Aqsa Mosque, right? Now, so the Dome of the Rock, can you just explain that to us? The Dome of the Rock is a mosque. Uh, in Jerusalem, it's one of the holiest sites in Islam. I think it's the third holiest or second holiest oh, yeah. after Kaaba in, mm. in Saudi. Um, if I'm messing that up, don't come at me. I just know it's one of yeah, the main yeah. ones. I don't know the yeah, rating. Everyone at home, you have Google right yeah, now. Yeah, I so don't know the don't, rating. You're not, I don't know the rating. <laughs> but it's a uh, beautiful hexagonal mosque yeah. in like true Islamic Arab architecture. And it's covered at the top by a dome that's covered in um, gold. And it has a lot of, uh, what's the word? Like really beautiful. Relief. Calligraphy. 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 Islamic calligraphy right. from the Quran and prophets names and uh, names of God's 99 names, etc. Yeah. Right. yeah. Is that... It's sort of a little sidebar, but a genuine, another like earnest cultural question. Um, is that I don't want to say like allowed, but like when you're when you're adorning or decorating something, putting holy names on stuff. There's no. Um, I, I know that with 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 certain um, Judeo-Christian traditions, it's considered like a vanity thing or whatever. To to like even I know that many Jewish people don't even say the name of God; they use like pseudonyms for God because mm, of whatever. It's true. So is is that cool to in like in regular decoration, or is it reserved just for decorating holy places? It's reserved for decorating holy places, but the thing is, it's hard to separate. Arab and Islamic art, there's a lot of overlap sure. there. So a lot of people will have like um, paintings or artwork with that same calligraphy because for us, the Arabic that's used in Islam is still consumed, read, written by modern people. It's not like right. Sanskrit where you only read it and understand it if you're a religious scholar. Right, it's, okay. It's like the Quran, like I can read it, anyone can read it. So who can read Arabic today? It's okay to receive it as a as an art piece or whatever. Like it's not it's not strictly a holy book. Or no, I mean you wouldn't. You probably wouldn't have it on a tote bag, right? But you'd have it on your wall. Yeah, yeah. like okay. my grandma has a lot of um, uh, a lot of like surahs, passages from the Quran, uh, like um, embroidered onto big like posters sure. in her apartment in her house yeah. my grandma does not live in an apartment imagine yeah. it's so weird <laughs> <laughs> huge house um <laughs> yeah so it's fine you can have it on plates you can have it on um trays like yeah cool yeah i, I think that's cool yeah that's beautiful 
So Dome of the Rock, right? So originally that area where the Dome of the Rock was was originally an altar to Baal. So tell us a bit about Baal. Oh, okay. Ugh, again. Oh, and then I have a story about the Dome of the Rock. Ooh. But you go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I'll I'll keep it short and sweet um, because I am a bit of a drinker. So a lot of these details are going to get kind of mushed together. Again, listeners, you have the internet. So <laughs> figure it out. I'm going to throw some details. Baal. Um, First of all, the word Baal in uh, like proto um, Arabic, like Sumerian and 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 Semitic languages, Baal is a sort of a a, a catch all word. Kind of just means Lord. So, um, without a qualifier or a pronoun attached, it could mean any number of different deities. Now, uh, academically, when we refer to Baal and the the Sumerian Baal. We're typically re- referring to a um, fertility and sort of omnipotent deity that kind of correlates to uh, the Roman Jupiter, the Greek Zeus, the Egyptian Set. Um, the the interesting overlap with Baal, uh, sometimes called Isakur. Uh, I think I'm saying that right, although I could be saying it perfectly, and everyone knows it. Everybody knows it. Um, (laughs) But the interesting thing with the ball that we speak of was um, throughout a big chunk of this history that we're kind of glossing over, basically from the Byzantine Empire throughout. Uh, even kind of before the the Byzantine Empire, because there were these cults that kind of. Uh, when the Greeks or the Romans or the Byzantines would come in, there were these cults that developed that kind of repurposed the devotion to Baal, but uh, ascribed whatever the dominant culture's pantheon was. So the closest thing to understanding what the relevance of the the Sumerian Baal was is, if you can imagine, the Egyptian set and kind of the duties and responsibilities role in the pantheon of Horus combined. Mm. So there's a, a lot going on with Ball. All right. Not well, terribly significant. So, well, that's that's our all about Ball section all about of, ball. The, uh, of the show. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. All right. So tell us about your uh, Dome of the Rock story. Okay. This is a great story. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the Dome of the Rock, like if you go to Jerusalem, there's the Dome of the Rock and it's an extension of Aqsa Mosque. It's all like mm. an, this open mm. space and they're connected. But the story that I heard of Dome of the Rock and the story in Islam is, and so I think the Western Wall is is what Muslims call Ha'at al-Buraq, right? The wall where um, uh, supposedly Muhammad ascended to heaven, right? Okay, yeah. So the story goes, I think Muhammad ascended to heaven twice to meet with God or maybe once, I can't remember. But on one of the trips, he- Just pop it, one of the trips, that's awesome. (laughs) He ascended on a horse called al-Buraq from where, what the wall is today, right? And the story that I was told when I was a kid or someone told it to me and I loved it, turns out not to be true, obviously, mm-hmm. that, so, oh, the other thing you need to know is like um, the Dome of the Rock, when you go in, there's the place where everyone is kind of praying. Mm-hmm. And then you, there's an area where you go down to a basement that looks like it's under a rock. Ooh. And um, and so the story that I was told was that when Muhammad went to see God, a rock wanted to follow him. And he turned around and said, no, you stay. And the rock just hovered in the air 
like mm-hmm. per his instructions. Yeah. And that they, so as to not scare people, they built the mosque around the rock. So that even though it's it's hovering, it's, that's what I was told. Then I went on a tour of the mosque and the dome of the rock and the tour guy was like, no, that's crap. Oh. I was like, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's Print not the true. legend. I prefer that. Yeah, I, I like yeah, ruin my story. It's yeah. super. I mean, the site is super interesting, right? Because it's it was an altar to Baal. It's the the that the golden the bull. When we think of sorry, yeah. that was the one thing I forgot uh, okay. to mention. When it, when when we think of Baal, we think yeah. of the golden bull idol, fertility sure. idol. Absolutely. But yeah. I will say, Baal's name is not on the thing. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and apparently this was also the location of Solomon's temple. So uh, this has been an area of interest for quite some time. Mm. Let's flash forward to, we got Crusades in 1095. You know, per Pope Urban II launches that. <laughs> Good Pope. <laughs> yeah. Fun one. Yeah. Really, it's just getting into trouble, mixing it up. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> then Let's get those children on a bunch of Spanish boats and crash them into the North Africa. Uh, did you know that there was a children's crusade? That's a real thing. It was like one of the third. There's like a ton. There's like twelve crusades. Yeah, wow. But oh wow, I didn't yeah. Know. There's like so many crusades. There's literally, a and bunch. a lot of them were not even in the Holy Land. <laughs> they just didn't even make it. Set some weird of them they were just like in, like they stopped at Turkey. They didn't yeah. even go oh, far. Wow. Yeah, they <laughs> just, it was just, it was just. Yeah. random. some of them were the European Christians attacking the Eastern Christians in Turkey. You yeah. should, yeah. yeah. So. If you're on the west and someone's on the east, you should attack. Yeah, them. it was a Tupac Just, Biggie yeah. sort of situation. Yeah. So, 1187, Salahuddin comes in, defeats the Crusader good army, guy. and captures Jerusalem. Salahuddin right? was a really good Salahuddin guy. Salahuddin Ayyubi, yeah. Do you know a bunch about him historically? Um, big guy, like freed freed Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah. He was, a, he was an yeah. incredible dude. He was a scholar, a poet. Um, mm. He was tremendously compassionate, even though he was like an, a, a, a serious like military intellect or whatever. Mm. He, there's a, oh man, and I'm, um, uh, I hope I'm not going to get the fatwa for this because I'm definitely <laughs> misquoting a famous hero. But there was something about him, uh, something about his ideology when it came to warfare and it, it's it's not about um, taking the most lives. It's if you're going to take life, you need to respect your duty to take only the lives you need to be mm. successful. Mm-hmm. Like part of the military strategy strategy wasn't to decimate, but to allow for the survivors of that war to be adopted and he was mm, uh, he yeah. was a big conscriptor of janissary armies basically giving giving other armies the opportunity to convert and follow the fold mm. and just kind of go with it to get with it and 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 elevating them to places of prestige mm. so that they didn't mm. feel ostracized or secondary so fucking just a really cool yeah, dude no, historically i think you got it i think you got it but again it uh, for our audience, if you do want to launch a fatwa, you can email us at oh. internationalloungepodcast mm. at gmail.com. Mm. Yeah. Then we're going to flash forward to the Ottomans, right? Mm-hmm. 1516, they come in. Sultan Salomon the Magnificent. Uh, he's doing really his thing. He builds walls around Jerusalem's old city, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're there for about 400 years, but then Ottomans sort of decline around World War One, And this is kind of what brings us into uh, Zionism. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. This is it. Now, I want everyone to know. So, because I was like, is Zionism like a 
curse word? Can I say that word? But it's in the Lonely Planet Guide. It isn't just some Kanye West manifesto. We, we can't <laughs> not bring it up, but we just need to be careful about how we use the word. Can I, can I say the Z word? You can say the Z word. Okay. I think what's important, because obviously we're talking about like historical yes. definitions yeah. of words, modern day words. Obviously, political Zionism mm -hmm. has a certain agenda. Mm -hmm. If right. someone is a, says they're a Zionist, they probably won't like me. Mm -hmm. um, right. So, so well, it Zionism does say a lot versus about versus what the concept of Zion is are are kind of different things. Just like just like Islam, Islamism, Islamists. Like there are there are kind of gradients whether or not they're using a similar vocabulary there there are ideological departures like like the practice of the practice of Islam or the observation of Islam doesn't necessarily make you an Islamist. No, no, it's true, right? but it's like what I'm trying to say is like obviously saying someone's a Philistine doesn't right. mean what it means to say that I'm Palestinian. We're mm. talking about different peoples, right? right? But what yeah. I mean is like. If I'm like, oh, well, um, um, you know, like ethnically, yeah. I come from the same region mm. as people who define themselves as Semites. But mm. that's not what we mean when we say someone is mm. anti-Semitic, right? right? right, right. If it's you're true. a Zionist right. today, that's a specific political right. ideology. Mm. And that's different from whatever the origins of Zionism is. Mm. So yeah. we can't. We can't define Zionism today with the definition yeah, of the true. origins of the movement. I, I have another question That's about a, that. Is a very poignantly and well made point. Thank you. Because yeah, that awesome. actually so you're allowed to not like Zionists today is what okay, I'm trying to got say. It, got it. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. All right. All right. So I have another question because this brings up the word Philistine. Ugh. Why is it actually? Why is the word Philistine a derogatory term? Well, like it's become. I don't know. So that, a Philistine, like the word Philistine, is somebody that is like uncultured. Like where did that I even don't know where come that from? Came so from? That, yeah. is, that is a Crusades era ah, slang that just stuck that around. Stuck around. Yeah. yeah. You're, ta you're talking about just a, a, like 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 1100s. You know. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. You, have you ever been called a Philistine? No, I'm from Philistine. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's okay then. All right. Cool. All right. So we got Zionism, uh, and like what I read was sort of like because this is now like. World War, like World War One era, right? Mm. So, like, there was some, like, but like, maybe even there was some a little, a little bit of that before that, and there was sort of this post uh, Napoleonic nationalism in Western Europe. Like, where did this come from? Like, where did it originate from? Like, is it just? I guess it's there's Jews spread all around Europe, mm. and I guess there's this n movement that occurs, mm -hmm. but then things. Oh. Pick okay. up, yeah. Things sort of pick up in the early 1900s, right? Because then you've got Britain; they get involved as usual. Issues the Balfour Declaration in 1917. Mm. So this really kicks things off, right? So, but for context, yeah, the Balfour Declaration is not. It sounds like it's a government decree mm -hmm. or like a UN decision. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. was not. Mm. It was a ad or an article that Belfort himself wrote in a really? newspaper saying they would that he oh. that he would support <laughs> what? yes it's nothing official what? it's just what one but that's it's how just things just an arbitrary happen. declaration oh from that's some that's how asshole? things got done back in the day so who was Belfort? <sighs> 
he was um he was British. He was like a he was like in the British leadership, and oh, he wow. just said we would support the formation <laughs> of a Jewish state. This is it's like if Mitch McConnell in, was like, there shouldn't be a Taiwan. Or whatever. Was, like it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. He's not, that was literally it. That was literally wow. it. In terms of. I would say how Britain got involved was Britain was controlling Palestine. Mm-hmm. Palestine was under British mandate, right. right? Just like Aden was a British colony, mm-hmm. lots of places were British colonies. Right. Um, Palestine was one of them. So I would say that's Britain's main involvement. Mm-hmm. Belfort Declaration, what was the way it was used? who is obviously, it speaks to the strength of the Zionist movement at the time. Because you could have easily tweeted something out or like released something like that and it garners no momentum, right? right? But it was allowed to. But then did eventually the League of Nations kind of sort of approve this? Yeah, yeah. well, not the, I don't think anyone like says it's because of the Belfort Declaration. The League of Nations that later became the United, that was the basis for the United Mm -hmm. Nations, they came up with the 1967 partition plan. Mm Okay. We're going to get to that. Yeah. I don't want to sound yeah. like a conspiracy theorist or whatever. Again, just genuinely. A lot of our listeners are dopes. So I like yeah. to give them a little voice <laughs> on our show once in a while. Um, so if uh, if I was a dummy and I didn't know any better, I would think that the Balfour Declaration was probably just uh, like mostly about economic like control of trade routes. Like that's why – why why else would Great Britain have any interest in the region at all if it wasn't to control like a key part of a central So they did, right? So if you look at Palestine, you have um like historic Palestine, all mm-hmm. of it. On the west side you have the Mediterranean Sea. In the south you have the Red Sea. And it connects so Gaza was a main port through which the Brits would transport things from Europe across the Mediterranean to Gaza, down through the Red Sea. Across the Indian Ocean. To Aden. That was the main colony. And Aden connected them Aden and Ethiopia connected them to India. So it was all a route that was that was like it was economic. Okay. The so just going back to like Zionism, the origins of like there were other places that were being considered for the establishment of a Jewish state. Yes. Right? There was Ghana. Yeah. That was also... Really? A, there was yes. Madagascar. Ghana? Madagascar, <laughs> Ghana. Madagascar? That would basically, have been awesome. Basically where there were like Jewish populations already there. Sure, sure. Right? So... Brooklyn. Though I will say, I think the Madagascar <laughs> plan might have been like the Nazis' plan. I think it was a bullshit oh. plan. They I, didn't really... I'll be honest. Hmm. They didn't really have the best plans uh, all around. <laughs> So. Okay, it's a weird time to bring this up, and we might have to edit this too. I'm just saying, some of those kooky Nazi plans are just—they read like comic books. They were they were, they were they were—they were a bunch of wackadoodle ding dongs. They were a bunch of wackadoodle ding dongs. Um, so, the, oh. and then the Brits, right? right? So we were just to take yeah. it back to the Brits. Sure. So, um, yeah, for, like the Belfort Declaration was something that was made to be a really big deal when it wasn't like reflective of any like international consensus at the time or even like wide British consensus. Um, I'm sure at the time it also coincided with when the UK was like, oh, we don't want Palestine anymore. We want to give it up. Mm. Do you know it, what I mean? It like, sounds it's like, not... the, like the one mean popular girl at school just being like, everybody thinks so. So whatever. That's just how it is. <laughs> and everybody just goes along with it because they're. Yeah, it's kind of like. 
like, oh, I'm scared. done with this toy. Yeah. <laughs> I can give it up and say yeah. it's for a Jewish thing. Bullshit. For, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then like World War II breaks out, mm. right? Nazis are doing what they do best, right? Just, right. Just so mixing it up. Then that then there's sort of this influx of Jews fleeing to this region now. Mm-hmm. Um then, yeah, fleeing to the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah, fleeing. Yeah, basically fleeing to this land at the time. I guess. I mean, at the time, it's it's Palestine. Still Palestine. It's Palestine. Still Palestine at this time, right? So they're fleeing to Palestine. World War II's, you know, ramping up. So they're all getting, you know, they're they're fleeing to this and and I'm sure other areas. Mm. Um, but now 1947 comes post World War II. I think the Brits. My understanding is the Brits are just kind of tired with it. They kind of toss this problem over to the UN, which had only been around for two years. Mm-hmm, right. So mm-hmm. now it's 1947. Now, is was there actually at that time at the is was there a two state plan or was that no 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 okay so none of this 1948 war had not happened at that mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. right 1947 Nakba had not happened okay. yeah because we get that in 19, a year later yeah. Yeah. that's 1948 so, but there was already uh, and really uh, pushed for by the Zionist movement immigration of a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of a lot of uh, Jewish people mm-hmm. to to Palestine, mm-hmm. um, with the ambition of creating a the state of Israel mm-hmm. or a Jewish state in Palestine, and we should say Palestine already had some Jewish people there, mm-hmm. obviously because we just yeah. talked about there's, how yeah. Jews, everyone there's everyone passed through Palestine. There. Yeah. yeah, everyone there's... passed through Palestine. Um, at the t- no, then there was no two state solution. Two state solution came in um, nineteen sixty seven. So there was no, idea, there right? was or no. Shit? Oh, okay. Is that what, what was there? Is that Kissinger's idea? I don't know if it's Kissinger's idea. Was it? I, I don't. Uh, I fuck. I, I don't know. I'm way there, out of my depth. Was with there that some kind of proposal before 1948 happened? Like, was there some kind of like a resolution that was suggested? <clears throat> no, because the war hadn't happened. Yeah. The war so, hadn't happened. So can. Can we touch briefly for the dummies who aren't familiar with mm-hmm. the Nakba uh, catastrophe? Yeah, mm. we're gonna. We're that's it. We got so okay. Yeah. So now we're ni- May fourteenth, nineteen forty eight. El Nakba. Okay, mm. let's talk about. What it. does that mean? Let's talk about <laughs> it. It's a catastrophe. The Nakba, Nakba is, means catastrophe in Arabic. Oh. So calling it the Nakba catastrophe is stupid. It's like saying that disaster, disaster. It's it was that bad. Kinda. You, you want to you well, call it? Kinda. It's so nice you say it twice. <laughs> yeah, Holy shit! Okay. No, we call it Nakba. We don't you say Nakba it, catastrophe. Okay. No, we don't speak Arabic and English in Arabic. <laughs> <laughs> Some just, of our listeners are really dumb. Okay, I'm just trying to speak no, for them. No. So 1948 is a Nakba. 1967 is a Naksa. Oh. Which is okay. another word because okay. Arabic is very flowery. We have a lot of um, words for things. Yeah. Uh, cool. So there's a Nakba and there's a Naksa. Um, a Nakba was uh, basically a invasion and um, military operation led by Zionist militias, violent Zionist militias. And the in who then formed the beginnings of what's today the Israeli military, the Israeli defense forces, and um, they mainly targeted uh, cities and villages in what's today northern Israel by the ports. So that that's Haifa, Akka, Yaffa, and it led to the exodus of a mass exodus of Palestinians who were living there, who were just who were killed. Um, or terrified or, or and fleeing. T- terrified. No, had had to leave, 
And I mean, I think the numbers wise, it was like 700,000. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people, some Palestinians fled from those parts that were taken during, from those cities that fell during the Nakba to what's today the West Bank. So they re- they fled east. Some of them fled so far east, they left Palestine completely. They went to Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, and are now refugees. My grandparents are one of the people who fled wow. Haifa in 1948, and they ended up in the West Bank. So I'm uh, technically a, re- a descendant of Palestinian refugees. Oh, wow. So isn't it true it, that that the descendants of refugees are still considered refugees? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh wow. Um according yes, you're considered a refugee and it's 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 weird cuz people in the West Bank we all have people in the West Bank, Palestinians everywhere, Mm. your access to historic Palestine is dictated by what papers you inherited from your family. And it really tells a story of what happened to your family, right? So for my family, um, our grandparents, my grandparents fled to what's today the West Bank. Um, uh, So I luckily inherited an Israeli permit slash Palestinian Mm. ID that allows Uh. me to live in Palestine. Uh. So even though I'm a refugee, Israel is allowing me for now to live in the West Bank. Oh, so gracious. I know, it's very kind. (laughs) So I can access the West Bank and live there um, until Israel decides I can't. Uh, But also because the West Bank was under Jordanian rule, until 19, uh-huh. or like in 1967. Um, we can talk more about that. Uh-huh. But it was divvied up between different neighboring countries. Um, I also have a Jordanian passport. So I don't have a Palestinian passport. I have a Jordanian oh, passport. Wow. Interesting. Um, and I only have a Palestinian ID slash Israeli permit because my dad was one of the younger siblings. And in 1967, when Israel took over and they did a census, he was counted in the census and given that ID. His older siblings were not given that ID and they remain refugees oh, and can geez. never access Palestine. Holy so everyone has a story. Wow. Um, where, where where you end up dictates what kind of visa, what kind of access you, you have to what's your country. What a fascinating, if a bit tragic, way to trace culture. Yeah. yeah. But, oh. Paperwork. God, that's yeah. crazy. Wow. Yeah. No, definitely. This no, was... I'm sorry that I'm so oblivious to this. I'm no. so grateful for you taking yeah. the time to educate yeah. me. No, I mean, yeah, I'm happy yeah. to. Yeah. I it's, really uh... appreciate it. Um, no, definitely. This um, was a, a somber time. Definitely yikes. A, a catastrophic period. Um, mm. On the brighter side of things, I mm. will say, unlike the conquering of Jericho, uh, the Palestinians were not plagued with hemorrhoids. No, Good. no. That, that is <laughs> that is a really no. That is that just is... Mediterranean <laughs> auto-inflammatory disease. <laughs> oh boy! All right, that was just uh, that's how we deal with tragedies. That's okay, the only way good. I know how. All right, all right. Good. I should get plagued with uh, hemorrhoids just for you. Too late. Commenting for that. Already. Okay, so, but as soon as this happens, right, it's all the surrounding countries, Egypt, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, and Iraq invade or come in, basically coming to the aid of the Palestinians at this point. A so little this, too late. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, and I will say- Well, they're, they're, listen, they're on Middle Eastern Standard Time, so they're- <laughs> uh, Lame. I'm actually always on time. <laughs> no, but I, I think- um, no one was expecting yeah. the the Zionist militias to be yeah. as powerful yeah. as they were. 
Sure. Yeah. Or as uh, or organized or I don't know. Organized, but just just powerful. I th- yeah, yeah, powerful and um, was it was it um, targeted like military? Um, like were they were they? Uh, what am I trying to say? Were they like well, f- not funded, but well um, outfitted? Like did they mm. have like better weaponry or some kind of like some kind of tactical advantage? Or was it Interesting. just I don't the surprise of it? Was it literally think, just the element of surprise and I, the sheer number? I think partly the surprise. I think it's it's kind of sad because I um, my grandparents passed away before I could like meet them mm. and actually talk to them about this. That's a bummer. I'm but sorry. Um, yeah, no, it's um, so. Part of it was a surprise. Part of it was um, the the low. Li- it was kind of like a low likelihood, high impact situation. So the assessment was that the Arabs would come to our defense, and none of what happened would ha- would have happened. Uh. But um, but you know, it was it was rifles. It was there were executions. There was taking over of homes. And um, my dad tells me like when you find when you hear that. Um, um, you know, a family uh, like women in a family nearby got raped or shot. You immediately you don't wait for that for that to happen to you. Yeah. You leave. You leave too. So, yeah. right, hundreds of thousands of Palestinians left. If listeners are interested, there's a new movie called Farha mm-hmm. about yeah. the Nakba in 1948, yeah. okay. um, and it was even very revealing um, and educational for me because yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, obviously live during the Nakba, sure, so I can't. Yeah. But um, um, it's really well told. Yeah. Um, and now there's more and more filmmakers uh, creating movies and, and shows about um, that history of Palestine. So we'll be seeing more That's of that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there were massacres. Like there yeah. were. Yeah. There was a lot of. It, it was a violent yeah. invasion. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, not chill. No, yeah. Yeah. it wasn't. Ju- it wasn't just saber rattling and was, threats. It, it was, was physical. No, no, violent. no. There was physical yeah, violence. Yeah, yeah. Cowabunga! Totally. Uncowabunga. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, so let's just flash forward to the Six Day War. So now we're in 1967. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now Arab countries, especially Egypt, try to liberate Palestine from Israeli occupation. Right. Mm-hmm. So June 6, how Israel launches a preemptive attack on the surrounding Arab countries. Right. Mm-hmm. So then, boom! Israel captures Sinai and Gaza from Egypt. West Bank and East Jerusalem from Holy Jordan. Shit. And Golan Heights what? Here. So it's How did they do that flop. bad? <laughs> so I think, I don't know if this is the one where I remember hearing a story like in Egypt, like on Egyptian radios, they were basically telling everybody that they were doing awesome mm. in this war. Yeah. Everything was going great. And like no planes left the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, oh, and I heard, I heard that in some, from an Egyptian friend that in Egyptian textbooks, mm. Um, they the Egyptian government teaches in the curriculum that you guys kind of won the mm. war, well, but like believe, reached a negotiation you, or something. Well, they <laughs> if you believe in yourself, you are a winner. That's the lesson here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're all winners, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so oh thanks God. Egypt for that lesson on self confidence. Okay, good. Uh, okay, so there's Six Day War. Then there's the Yom Kippur War in 1973. So mm. Egypt and Syria launch a surprise attack on Israel on Yom Kippur. Mm. Uh-huh. I guess what results from that? I guess it's- I don't remember. And we should mention um, for a very short time, and I can't 
I can't place it exactly in what year, Syria and Egypt were one country. They were really? called the United Arab oh, something. I think I've heard of this. Did Republic, ha- United Arab Republic. So that happened or that was proposed? No, no, it, it happened. happened. Oh, I think wow. it lasted for two years, oh, wow. but that's why the intelligence system in both Syria and, and um, Egypt is so similar and why their, um, the Arab Spring in both countries was so bloody. Because oh, wow. it's a militarized and police intelligence oh, wow. apparatus. That's They're wild. very the designer of uh, both the, with both the same person. Yeah, right. huh. yeah. Oh, wow. That's fun fact. All right, tremendously fucked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. So that's probably where the coordination came from. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> let's get into 1978 Camp David Agreement. Right. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, camp. Camp is never fun, but uh, we I'm got- not a fan of <laughs> peace or agreements. Ah. That's my yeah. A philosophy. lot of the, the a lot of the agreements that come after it's all yeah. It means of control. <laughs> they're just yeah. they're just power plays. Yeah. They're not really. Yeah. It's not that's not peace. Yeah. That's so peace is. Yeah. Basically, Egyptian President Anwar Sadat signs an agreement for Israel to withdraw from Sinai in return for Egyptian recognition of Israel's right to exist, and it all goes swell for Sadat thereafter. He's doing good on parades. Everything's fine. End of story. No, All right. Nothing happened to Sadat. No, no. Sadat lived happily ever after. Because when you do something that your country, your people disagree with, nothing happens to you. <laughs> good. Good. So that's that. All right. So then other what, stuff. What happened? They killed him? Oh, they killed him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Um... You know, I kind of jump around in history here, but we got, you know, formation of Palestinian Liberation Organization in 1987, the Intifada or Shaking Off. Shaking Off. Shaking, shaking Off. off. Yeah. That's going to be a music. That's going to be a music <laughs> cue too. <laughs> so this then brings us into Oslo Accords in 1993. Oh, and just caveat, the mm-hmm. first and second Intifada, we'll talk about the second Intifada, yeah. major uprisings, but they weren't the only revolts that mm-hmm. Palestinians led throughout oh, this okay. time. There were constant yeah, revolts. Yeah, it must be just a constant flow. These are just the ones that were- Intifadas, those, those, are, the, those are like populist, uh, uh, well, not populist revolts, but what am I trying to say? Those are like- People's movements, right? Those are like they were all they were all um, grassroots people's movements. Some um, more successful than others. I guess. Some more. So, I I, I don't know. Can you call them success given yeah. what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, some more militarized than others. But okay. but definitely all popular popular movements. Grassroots, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's going on throughout. So then Oslo Accords is now the agreement to establish a Palestinian Authority in the West Bank and Gaza Strip. It's sort of over a five-year period. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. With the idea that the Israeli occupation would end within mm. that period. Oh, oh boy. Israeli domination over the West Bank and Gaza would end. Wow. Oh. That was the idea. That was the... Yeah. Um, and and in international law, military occupations are meant to be very temporary measures mm. until the resolution of a conflict. Um, and we're still doing it. Oh, boy. <sighs> Oslo Accords. So if that went according to plan, that would have meant that uh, 98, 98 yeah. Israel or the, the yeah, which I think Israeli is that when Will Smith's Independence Day was released? <laughs> Very ironic. I think we're thinking of Armageddon. <laughs> Megiddo. All right. I don't want to close my eyes. Show down. All right. All right. Okay. Well, Second Intifada, that's like early 2000s. Yeah, it was exactly 2000. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I remember the second okay. Intifada very. Right. Now, very... and then thereafter, there's like, there's also even intra Palestinian rifts. Is that right? Like, like there is with, like any, with anything, like, right? Yes. So there's Fatah yeah. and Hamas, mm-hmm. right? So Fatah and West Bank, 
Hamas in, in Gaza. No, it does again. Not necessarily. Oh, is I it would not say really like, a split like that? Uh, I mean, uh, that's what's nice for American analysts to sure, think. But sure. um, <laughs> no, it's not that split. It's like Fatah and Hamas. It's made to to be to feel like this crazy riff, but they're just like Dems and Republicans. Like mm. they live. Sure. Very close okay. to you, that right? That was kind of my question. It is. It are is. They, but are they? They're not necessarily um, working in tandem. No, they're fighting for control the way Dems and Republicans yeah, fight for control absolutely. of government here, right? right? The only the issue is Fatah is the favorite of the internationals and Israel, ah. right? So Fatah has kind of conceded a lot, and um, you know Palestinians don't approve of the Oslo Accords because they see them as having offered too many concessions. And I will say the Oslo Accords were signed by the PLO at at that Mm. point because they assessed that the PLO, they were coming under, they were fighting Israel from Jordan and Lebanon Mm. and they were, they, the PLO was going to go extinct. Mm. So they decided we'd rather sign this agreement and still exist in some formation in Palestine Mm. than have the movement die. Mm. That was the that was what Yasser Arafat I okay. think assessed, okay. right? And it really just put us down a rabbit hole of concession after concession after concession. Because if that's your ceiling and it's a really crappy ceiling, right. what you're gonna get at the very end is just gonna be yeah. crap. Yeah, set um, the bar too low. Exactly. Um, and that's just it. When you don't have ground, when you don't have leverage in any negotiation, you're going to walk away with shit. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. It's hard to gamble if you don't have a bankroll. Yes, exactly. And so like Fatah is the fifth. And this is the case with in so many contexts Mm -hmm. where the internationals, mainly the U.S., Mm -hmm. the Brits, Mm -hmm. the U.N. will decide this is the guy that we're going to back. Right. It's not about who the people think is right. It's not about the party or the politics of the party that the people themselves think it's right. It's about who the internationals are comfortable with. The internationals have decided we like Mahmoud Abbas. We like Uh, Fatah. It's not an assessment of their goals Mm -hmm. for the country. Um, It's not an assessment of whether they work better with Israel. Hamas definitely is more defiant Mm -hmm. and they're more confrontational with Mm -hmm. Israel in terms of their policies. Um, But there have not been elections. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fatah has not allowed elections in Palestine for decades, right? Um, So in in the West Bank, you will find people who are who who align themselves with Hamas. Mm. In Gaza, you will find people who, oh, wow. who align with themselves yeah. with, with Fatah. When you go to Gaza, there's a presence for both Fatah and Hamas. Mm. Um, and there, uh, there's like the uh, the legislature and the executive branches and, and stuff. There's always competition on this, but Fatah is, Fatah is ruling. Mm. All that to say, the Palestinian Authority in general is not seen as a credible representative of the Palestinian people. So that's why we don't like... It's not something we worry ourselves too much about. We're like, screw these, through, screw all of these people. Right, They're right. not the guardians of our cause. Right. They're not the guardians of Palestinian human rights or liberation. Right. Um, people are just fighting as a people. Right. I am aware of the rift between Sunni, Shia, etc., as well as you know the the intrapolitical factions or whatever. Is it? Uh, do you think a function of the international community that one or other sort of religious faction has um, a, a an accessibility or a popularity? And do you think that 
one or other group tends to dominate one or other faction between Fatah and Hamas? Or is it sort of just as complicated as anywhere else where there are Shia and Sunni Fatah, there are Shia and Sunni Hamas? No, so in Palestine, all Muslims are Sunnis. Okay, we're we're aware of that of that elk. Okay, um, uh, I don't want to say like the Sunni Shia rift is a, a concoction of the West or the Orientalists. Sure, but it is definitely more exaggerated than mm. it actually is. I think people identify as, as Sunnis and Shias like more so in in like for example in Iraq in in mm. like in Iraq uh-huh. that's that's a I don't want to say necessarily it's a rift but I you can say it's religious but it's really about politics it's about control all of these right. people we're talking about throughout history what they fought for were not principles they fought for resources they yeah. fought for attention they fought for fans they fought yeah, yeah. they a- were access perform- to a bigger exactly theater. exactly yeah. that's really like p- their motivation and people today are not exceptions to those rules people sure. want Whoever wants power wants power. Sure. Um, uh, and I don't want to say like Sunnis and Shias, uh, they're all the same. Like they're not all the same. There's no, like. There are fundamental differences, sure. But I, I don't want to say they're fundamental, but oh, they're like fun- different fun- versions mm. of, it, yeah. slightly different versions of like how Islam got to the places that it got. Mm. Not necessarily what, it te- uh, slightly different. Mm-hmm. In Lebanon, you'll you'll see there's like, um, there's a consideration in politics, uh, especially after the civil war. Uh, there are. Uh, unofficial designated positions to make sure there's harmony within government. So like um, this position has to go to a Christian. This position mm. has to go to a Sunni. Okay. This position has to go to a Shi'i to keep the peace. Mm. And that's an a, an arrangement that they've, they are, um, they are working with right now. I don't <laughs> think anyone who's Lebanese would say that it's working. It's going great. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, in Palestine, it's not, it's mm. not. Okay. Ever. All right. It's not a thing. They're just pull, pull. and it's not just um, Fatah and Hamas. There are a bunch of other um, parties. Sure. Like there's a Green Party and a <sighs> National yes. Workers yes, Union. Yes, yes, yes. And, yeah, and there was... were like other fronts um, um, that fought during uh, the Intifadas that are just not because one of the things that happened after the Intifadas is like. Um, not necessarily a demilitarization of of the West Bank and Gaza, but yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the Israeli Defense Forces, the Israeli military—I really hesitate to call it defense—but you know, yeah. Israeli military would raid mm-hmm. cities and villages and rid them of whatever weaponry was already there. Mm-hmm. So whatever weaponry was already there Just from the British Mandate or whatever was like was um, was was removed. So in terms of military leverage, Palestinians don't have military leverage. Uh, so that's yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I'm so, again sorry for the departure, but it's just <laughs> I don't know, and I don't know when I'll have a, a good opportunity to ask somebody as intelligent and I don't know. Oh, dynamic you're too you. kind. No, I, I, I appreciate right, your so patience. I just want to check in. So this concludes the brief history of time segment. Yes, and I really want to get into our next segment, which is the four F's of cultural survival, which is mm. film, fiction, food, and funk. But before we get there. We do have one Jeopardy style before and after oh, trivia question. This. Oh, let's right. do it. Yeah. Okay. So are you familiar with uh, before and after for no. Jeopardy? Okay. So in Jeopardy, they have certain types of questions. So for example, they'll ask a question like this. They'll say, conflict between the US and the Soviet Union from the 1940s to the 1990s. That's a science fiction novel by H.G. Wells. So you have to think of like before and after. So the answer to that would be 
the Cold War of Worlds. You see how it like runs together? War of the Worlds. Why of Worlds? Because it's the Cold War. War and then War of the Worlds. So like unrelated things. So it's like oh. US and Soviet conflict is Cold War, but then H.G. Wells' novel is War of the Worlds. I see. So you I kind see. of mesh it together, Okay, right? I'm not so, going to know this. Click on. Right, here, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> You're going to do fine. Here's the clue. An anti-Semite whose rhymes are tight and a Canaanite. Kanye. Yeah, but keep going. Before and after. Kanye, a Canaanite? Land of Cana. <laughs> so Kanye. Uh-huh. So Kanye. West Bank. Yeah. Nailed it. You got it. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> All right. All right. So. I love that. I love yeah, that game. That's, that's great. All right. So, <laughs> all, right. all right. So that brings us into our last segment, the four Fs of cultural survival, <laughs> film, fiction, food, and funk. So this is, of course, based on the four Fs of evolutionary survival, which is fighting, fleeing, feeding, and, of course, F-wording. Fornicating. Yes, F-wording. Mm -hmm. We'll keep it clean. Fornicating yeah. is a clean word. No, that's very actually clean. a bad word, okay? Oh. I don't like that word. Well, in Italian, it's- <laughs> You just don't like how it sounds. <laughs> in Italian, it's very romantic. Forn, forny. I don't like it. Fornicestazione. Okay, you're, you're gross. <laughs> yeah, right. okay, so, uh, we'll each kind of share picks here. Okay, okay, so for film, we got- I, I actually put here, I put Farha. That, Did you? Yeah. yeah so, okay. I put, so let's just give the log line here. A 14-year-old girl in 1948 Palestine watches from a locked pantry as a catastrophe consumes her home. Nice. Check it out on Netflix. It's really good. All right. What's your pick for movie? A movie? It could be film, TV, whatever. Can I do a TV? Yeah, okay. do TV. Okay. This is not like specifically about Palestine, but it kind of mm. is. Sure, sure. There's a TV show called Dairy Girls. Oh. And it's about- Dairy Girls. Yes. I yeah. love that show. It is- Fantastic. Yeah. Three seasons. Yeah. And it talks about um, uh, like teenage girls mm. living in Derry in Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah. And I think it does a perfect, perfect blend of talking about the conflict in Ireland and Irish-British oh. relations in the background mm. while having the... The, the the girls and their teenage drama be the center of the story and their like family oh. dynamics. And if I... Ever, I'm lucky and talented enough to write a similar yeah. story about Palestine. I would be oh, please so do, pleased please with do myself. that. Please, please, please do that. Such do a it. good show. Such <laughs> that, a good love, show. Well, I love that as an answer because yeah, it's like so often it's just about the conflict and all yeah. the technicalities yeah. and all these things. But to actually have what it was it like to live amongst that? Exactly. That's that's the perspective that's the most interesting. And I love Ireland. So. Oh wow! And okay. Irish people love. Palestine, all right, we should so. have you back for our Ireland episode. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Good. All right. Uh, okay. So now for fiction. So for books. So I I didn't have a great one, but the book that I used as a resource was Palestine: A Four Thousand Year History from 2018 by Noor Masalha. So mm. this is actually a nonfiction book. Mm -hmm. However, though, if you were to ask someone like Netanyahu, a, a, a book on Palestinian history certainly would be a work of fiction. So it <laughs> might fit in the category from that perspective. Yes. All right. Uh, by uh, by it, the way, it, it, tells, it tells you a lot about the owners of the bookshop, <laughs> where they where they place where it. They yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're in Jerusalem, where does that book go? Yeah. <laughs> That's the question. Um, I will say some other really good podcasts about Palestinian history were stories from Palestine, uh, preoccupation and not so brief history of Palestine, and history of the land of Israel. Mm. All awesome, mm. really good stuff. Okay, but what did you have for for fiction? 
Okay, for fiction. So for fiction, I have um, Alan Dershowitz's book, The Case for Israel. Oh, firing back <laughs> We're here. firing back, baby. Oh, boy. <laughs> I tried reading that book in college, and I could not get through it. I was like, this man is something oh, else. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, like, listen, read about Alan Dershowitz. Not a very respectable person yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah, but, um, okay, this is nonfiction, because that's mm-hmm. a lot of what I'm reading now. There's a book by Kim Gattas, mm-hmm. who's a Lebanese writer and journalist. Did you say that name again? Kim Gattas. Um, her last name is G H A T T A S, and she wrote two books. She was one of uh, she was part of the traveling press corps mm. with Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State. So, and she's done a lot of journalism, uh, but she also wrote a book called The Black Wave, which mm. I thought was very interesting, and it answers the question that a lot of. Arabs, I think, contend with is what happened to us mm. because we are brought up to 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 um, and we're taught about the history of amazing Arab writers, mm. thinkers, mm. strategists, etc. But we grew up in a really shitty mm. time mm. for mm. the Arab world, and she tries to um, pinpoint uh, who's responsible for the decline of mm. the Arab world, and she. Um, points to the Saudi-Iranian tension. And um, basically 1979 is when everything went south for the Arab world and that we are, but she tells it from the perspective of civil society activists, journalists, and voices um, fighting against this black wave that oh, the Saudi oh, wow. Arabia Iran tensions oh, have um, have led because it dictates a lot of the power dynamics that we see in the Arab world. Like, why is it that we don't have like a a, a very powerful Arab Union mm-hmm. that has yeah, a lot of yeah. je- uh, leverage in the world? Right, why right. aren't we like the European Union yeah. where we have economic zones that really benefit yeah. the entire region? Mm-hmm. Um, was so, there going to be? Was there ever plans for some Arab like an Arab? Well, was there an Arab League? Well, I mean, also there is an Arab League. Currently, there is an Arab League where they wanted to create like one kind of like a a union of the Arab countries. I mean, Jamal Abdel Nasser, yeah, right, an Egyptian president. He uh, like a a lot of um, people of my dad's generation or older would say they're like Nasserists, and they Mm -hmm. they really believe in um, Arab nationalism and the Mm -hmm. Arab identity. Um, But we should also note that that negates a lot of identities that predated uh, the Arab mm. proliferation in the region. Because right? this actually, so it, this was interesting because when, when you mentioned sort of the, the, the case for Israel, so it brought me back to some other things about uh, Netanyahu. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I decided I, I would listen to an hour-long interview. <laughs> with Netanyahu. Of, yeah, uh, an interview with Netanyahu. So He's a good it, speaker. He is a very good speaker. Yeah. And I, I, so, well, one thing, it's funny. So his, so his son actually... Um, you know his rationale for their for their not having ever been a Palestine. Do you know what his his rationale was? Was that well, there is no letter, letter? P in Arabic. Yeah, I I heard that. <laughs> I heard that. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it, either it's Palestine or it's Palestine. But it's always it's been Palestine. Palestine. Yeah. So I mean, but, the Philistines, Palestine. I mean, that's sort of. The, but even in official yeah. British mandate documents, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's referred to yeah. as Palestine. Uh, I'm sorry, but is he is he being funny or ironic or something, or is he is that like a genuinely? You should really check out Netanyahu's no, 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 saying there's no, no, no such saying. thing as the letter P no, no, in he, Arabic. He's got a so Netflix stand-up special, a uh, full I, hour. So, so, so check him out live at Caroline's. <laughs> All right, good. 
Okay, good. All right, so. But it's not just Netanyahu's son. If you listen yeah, to a lot sorry. of Israeli um, members yeah. of Knesset, the parliament, well, they're pretty, that seems, really funny, well, really, really funny people. For Netanyahu, he starts the, the conversation by saying, well, the Jews have been in that land for like 3,500 years. Mm. The Arabs did mm. not come until later, till mm -hmm. whatever, six something, right? Sure. Okay, but I think he's sort of conflating the issue. We're not talking about Arabs. We're talking about the pre-Arab people, the Philistines, mm. who had been there for 4,000 years. So mm. it's sort of like mm. he starts off the, the, the conversation with just he, – he, he's dissociating the people, the Arabs, from mm. the people that lived in that land mm -hmm, mm -hmm. before that. So that's mm -hmm. sort of his technique mm -hmm. in the way he's presenting the argument. Yeah. But that's part of the narrative. Yeah. I had someone who's Israeli tell me, well, Arabs – like you should go back to where they came from. I was like, can you explain where you think my people came from? And he's like, well, from Kuwait. Mm. I was like, why do you think I came from Kuwait? Yeah. Because they label all Arabs yeah. as Arabs. Because there were always... Without distinct identities and histories. And it's like, no, my yeah. my kind of Arab always yeah. was in Palestine. Because yeah. like, if you think about like, okay, if you even if you're using the, the biblical accounts as, as your source, okay, so the walls of Jericho came down who were they built by right mm. so there were canaanites so there was there was clearly <laughs> civilizations there that yeah. it's they are in their stories that they in their heritage from the, from the jewish perspective they're saying they came into that land mm. and captured that land mm -hmm. so from mm -hmm. who so that's mm. but i think the way he conveniently for for Netanyahu, he sort of conveniently sort of separates those two things um, but, but because oh. also part of Zionism is they labeled Palestine as a land without people. No, uh, a land without people for a people without a land. Mm. Right. Yeah. And that that was what that was the slogan. Oh, wow. And the, the reality of it is, regardless of which side you're on with this debate, every part of the earth has been populated by humans yeah. for a very long time because we've moved. And yeah. um, there's a there's a song by a band I really like. It's just called all people move around mm. and um, and wherever you set foot and we know this, mm. there were people before you. Mm. You either took yeah. over and subsumed yeah. them into who you are today or you took over and erased them. Mm. And so this mm. idea that like there was no one living in, Pal in Palestine, if it yeah. wasn't Palestinians, it could have been someone else, yeah, yeah. whatever. The, the truth is you cannot, with the international system that we have today, you cannot simply create a place on um, because uh, the hard reality is land is finite on earth. It doesn't reproduce. Mm -hmm. If it reproduced, that would be a different story. Yeah. We could mm -hmm. be like building and just uh, uh, spreading people sure. to wherever you want. But if you are to create I mean, Staten a Island, I think going back is was created, was created land. It was a, it was a landfill. It Yes, yes. The, the, so, which, the country, yeah. the the autonomous <laughs> republic of Staten Island <laughs> is literally a sargasset yes. and, and through pile their, of garbage. Yeah, their mythology that is that the people grew out of the trash, out of the filth. Like Oscar the Grouch, <laughs> yes. but with stupid accents yes. and yeah. a love of Newport cigarettes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Quite, a, quite a remarkable history they have. Um, My uncle lives in yeah. Staten Island. He's going to hate this. And, I just want to say, like, the argument about Palestine is, like, 
um, so many different people lived in so many parts of everywhere on mm, earth, sure. right? Saudi Arabia mm. took over mm. many tribes that mm. aren't Saudi, sure. right? right? If you wanted, each of them could have a self-determination cause, right? There are so many countries, like Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Palestine were all part of historic Syria. Mm. No one's coming and saying, well, all of you should be part of Syria. and act, Like what? Right. So- the thing is, is you can selectively apply that lens and that mm. argument to mm. Palestine, but you also need to admit that it's not being applied to other regions sure. and other Absolutely. countries. Right. And that's just the reality mm. of it. If we all as a nation, as a, as a international community accepted the borders that came after World War II and said, that's it, we're not going to fight and kill each other anymore. That's it. You just got to accept the, the, um, yeah. the borders. And yeah. what's interesting. So, well, it's, I mean. If it's, I I grew up with a shitload of siblings and and you know kids my age or whatever in the same house, and it's it, again I don't mean to equivocate or oversimplify, but you take a long car ride with six kids in the back <laughs> of a station wagon, and this is my line. You don't you can't cross this line. You can't cross. You make these dumb thing. You make seatbelt partitions. And it's idiotic, and the constant negotiation over where a mile this way, a mile that way, it's just bickering. And eventually it gets exhausting, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, I will turn this whole fucking Middle East around <laughs> and we'll go back to Staten Island. <laughs> Please don't. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, what's also interesting, even in that same uh, Netanyahu interview, uh, yes. he will say, he would say that there was nobody in the land of Palestine. Mm. Like there was nobody there. It was desolate. There was nothing there. Mark Twain hates Palestine. Mark Twain hates Palestine. (laughs) Whatever, right? But then at the same time, like in that same conversation, he then would say, oh, well, the people there didn't really take care of it. And then, then, you know, the, you know, when they made the Israeli state, they made it, you know, they boosted the economically viable, beautiful, clean. Which is it? Nobody was there or the people there did a shitty job. Right. So kind of. And also, if we did do a shitty job, who the fuck are you to come change that? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody asked. What if we wanted to look like shit? (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, listen, pictures of of, from my grandparents growing up looked beautiful. Right. Just saying. So let's mail Just that saying. to Netanyahu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's going to be, these people were uh, <laughs> Syrian. <laughs> Mark Twain might hate Palestine, but Truman Capote lives. <laughs> beautiful. That's spot on. All right. It's a good impression. So let, let's get to our, 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 our next F, which is food. James so Marsden. Favorite oh, dish, favorite restaurant. So for restaurant, I put uh, El Badawi on Atlantic Ave in Brooklyn. Have oh, you nice. Been there? Have you been there? I have not. I've seen your restaurant. I have not. Yeah, it's great. Okay. It's great. My favorite restaurant right now is um, Ziada in Astoria, oh. Queens. They have Wait. the best shawarma. It's Ooh. the closest to the shawarma I have back home. I think I know where that is. It's so good. Tell me where it is in Astoria. It's, um. oh my God, where is it? So it's sort of like a few blocks from the Dittmar stop. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, yeah. I know that place. Great oh, place. Okay. Yes. Great place. That All place right. is good. We should go. All right. Also, shout it. out to Tanuri in, in, in Brooklyn. Okay. Really good Palestinian All right. spot. All right. What's up, yeah. Brooklyn? Like home, home cooked meals. Ooh, that's what Tanuri that's, does. Brooklyn. That's nice, that's nice and cozy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Um, also, I for a uh, cookbook that I recommend is Palestine, a cookbook by Sammy Tamimi. Do you know Ooh, this one? No. Oh, my God. I So I've cooked maybe like. I'm like a third of the way through the recipes. That's impressive. Yeah, it's really good. So the, my favorite one that I made so far, chicken meatballs with mulajeya, garlic, and cilantro. 
Nice. Oh, yes. What is mojé? It's a green, slimy soup. I don't like it, but everyone okay. loves it. <laughs> Every Arab loves it. I just it's don't so like good. it. <laughs> it's so good. I'll try it. It warms the heart. It's like a stew, yeah. and you can have it with oh, lamb yeah. or chicken in the thing. It can't possibly give me any moral, any more bowel distress. No, it will so. give you hemorrhoids, though. That, <laughs> already, is, that is the origin of Palestinian think. hemorrhoids. Yes. <laughs> uh, so this brings us to our last F, which is funk. So song picks. Before we get to a song, though, mm. I do want to talk about dubka. Mm. Okay, so. Folk dance originating from the Levantine region. Mm-hmm. Do you know the origin of Devka? I do. You do? Yes. You do? Yes. Tell us. <laughs> because I was a professional Devka dancer. Whoa, really? What? Yes. what? I, I traveled and performed Devka when I was a kid. Yes. Wow. Really? Yes, in Palestine. Oh, my God. That's what that was my extracurricular. Wait, okay. Oh, we, oh. we need okay. So we need another three hours. I was with to the Funun podcast because we got a yeah. Funun dance troupe. I was they're oh, the most popular so cool. dance uh, oh, that's that's awesome. dance troupe in Palestine. Shout out to Funun. Funun means arts in Pal- in uh, I was going to say Palestinian in Arabic. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell um, us the origin of Dabka. What I was told was that. Um, uh, the basis of Dabka, which is a lot of footwork, mm. similar to Irish line dancing, cool. but um, less rigid. And uh, Dabka was uh, originally, or the origins of it, was basically a rain dance by the Canaanites. That's oh, what I really? was taught. Yes. Cool. Oh, I have a whole different story. Oh, what's <laughs> What Wait, story that's do cool. You, is a rain? Have? Oh, that's even better. Your that, story's better. Way cooler. That the Canaanites. Um, saw that their harvest would do better and rain levels would do better really? when they did certain steps in succession. And that became the um, basis of today's Dabka. Originally, Dabka was primarily performed at weddings mm-hmm. and social settings, uh, dominated by men. And so the way it would work is men would line up and they would do the Dabka mm-hmm. dance. When El Funun dance troupe came about, they wanted to turn Dabka more into a performance art. Mm-hmm. So they were one of the first people to do that. I can't remember off the top of my head when the dance troupe was formed, um, but they also made it so that women were uh, women and girls were primary dancers in, in the art. Mm-hmm. And the formations became a lot more dynamic diverse mm. L- like um dancing in a line is the most traditional but now if you look at depth of performances um they they incorporate some modern um the the footwork is a lot more complicated there are specific rules for it like you always start with your left mm. leg i don't know why mm. um and uh yeah and it's performed to uh, Palestinian mawal, which is a certain um, a certain way of singing um, that was traditionally done at weddings, and and uh, um, and it, it when you say a certain way of singing, is it stylized or is it those it's stylized? Special There's resonance? a lot of vibrato in okay. it, like ah. Uh, um, I used to sing. I'm not going to sing now. Okay, yeah. But, uh, I, I, I can't do a But it includes like, um, you know, b- blessings for the bride mm. and groom. If it was like for done for a wedding, like sure. there would be mawals for different songs. There there are like mawals that are sung after like um, death or a war or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. It's just a reflect. Yeah, sure. Art mimics life, right? Sure, yeah. Um, but that's the story that I have oh, for that. So my oh, story is kind of so dumb. cool. Because my story is that so when they were building mud houses, they needed to stomp on the rooftops to keep the mud from cracking. But that's that's not how you build houses, is it? No. But that's that is a theory that I read. Have you heard that one? Nope. That sounds like an ankle-breaking nightmare. <laughs> wouldn't a but lot why of... would you stomp on the mud? Yeah, I don't know. And wouldn't why you would you do it? that on the roof? And wouldn't the... you fall off the roof? Yeah. Certainly if the mud isn't set. <laughs> 
don't know. No, because the mud has to be supported by like rocks and then like steel. Yeah. So that. Uh, nah. It's stupid That's and it? wrong. Nah. That's not it? Nah. That's not it? Stupid and wrong. I think mine makes more sense. That makes a lot more sense. Listen, but you're making a lot of our listeners who are also stupid and wrong yeah. feel very well, at home. You. So let's <laughs> Listen, as long as I believe in myself, much like you can the do whatever. Egyptian army, you can just do whatever yeah. you want. I'm a winner. I am a winner. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah, you won. Right. Do you have a song pick? Um, really anything by Fairuz, who's oh, a I Lebanese singer. I love Fairuz. Uh, I grew up singing her songs, performing them, listening to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's uh, your favorite Fairuz song? Kifak Inta. Oh, how okay. are, Yeah, it's like basically like, how are you? Mm. And it sounds like it's a, it's a song about her lover. She's like, um, how are you doing? People say that you now have kids. Um, it's been a long time. Uh, but then later it was revealed that it was actually about uh, her son that she became estranged from. Oh. So it's actually about her son who does, who she doesn't know too much about oh. anymore. That's kind of um, tender and special. Yes. But Fairuz is a very like, oh my God, what's her nickname in Arabic? What's she called? Not the queen of, she has a specific nickname. She, yes, know. she does. Um, like Fairuz, Abdul Halim Hafez, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, all those big, like then, the giants. Uh, what's of, her name? What's the other, uh, the woman? Well, sit, sit. With a napkin. Uh, your your person. She's Egyptian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my god. Uncle Thum. Um, yeah. <laughs> they all have they all have um nicknames. Yeah. Kind of like Queen Bee, but you yeah. know, for the entire Arab world. But yeah, really anything <laughs> oh, by Fadu is Oh, and like more uh more modern funk, I really love um Mashur Layla. Oh, okay. That's a Lebanese like oh, alternative okay. band. Okay. Really love them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So Yours. yeah, no, my favorites. I mean, definitely. I mean, it's mostly Egypt. So old school is going to be Abdel Halim Hafez. Mm. Um, I don't like Umm Kulthum too much. I don't. It's either. Long, boring, right? Okay. <laughs> good, good. I think you got to have a grown up with it to love it. My yeah, mom loves Umm Kulthum. So, yeah, and then like uh, all like I like all like like the shabby music, like, mm -hmm. even like the '90s shabby, like Hakim and all that. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. The song now. I did pick a, a Palestinian song to close out the episode with. Tell okay? me, yeah. But Are you going to sing it? Before we get to that, so. He's going to sing it. I wanted to thank you for being an awesome guest. Oh, thank you. So, this is so wonderful. What, what we're doing for our guests is we give them a little gift. Oh, my God. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yep. it's, it's not no. super wow. exciting. It's just a little something, you know. Shit. It's not super exciting. Little... But it's just the essentials. Oh, let me see what the essentials are. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> can you tell Premium our Premium Palestinian Zatad blend. Oh, yes, yes. Guys, you can put Zatad on everything. Yes. Oh my God! Thank you, and that that is um, time. Yeah. For people who don't know what and that is, what? We got some other. It's actually extra Moroccan. virgin olive oil with citrus. Yeah. I've never had this, yeah, yeah. and I'm gonna love it. All right. All I'm right. very um, what's the word? Pretentious about my olive oil. Okay. This yeah. so this is Moroccan olive oil. Well, I want to try this for sure. But this is like uh, I drizzle a little bit yeah, on top yeah, of yeah. something, right? Like yeah, yeah. don't cook with it. Yeah, this is not it's a fancy. Yeah, yeah, it's fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we wanted to thank you for being an awesome guest I appreciate and it. first class passenger. You have been so delightful and so patient with my abject ignorance. I thank you so much for coming and being. On it's the not show ignorance. It's not. It's um. That's. I think that's a thing. 
uh, like even in my comedy, I like to, so I work in politics and I find it very accessible and I don't like that people find political issues inaccessible because like governments are just made of stupid people who do stupid things and we can all understand that. Um, <laughs> Can't the, I ever. The only thing that's intolerable is the uh, lack of a, if you're unwilling to learn mm. something that, that bothers me, yeah. but like we all have our own lives and our own histories and backgrounds and mm. I don't think anyone should be expected to just wake up and be thinking about all these social justice issues around the world. So it's like, you're not ignorant at all for not knowing what I know about Palestine. So I don't know. Of you, I don't you. know what you know about so many things. Trust me. Believe I, me, I don't know. I will shit. say this. I will say this. The, <laughs> only, the only other things that are intolerable are of course, hemorrhoids and Staten Island. So Absolutely. with that, <laughs> we will close. Yeah. And I want to close that with, with my song choice, Demi Palestini oh by Mohammed Asaf. <laughs> You have to. It's become it's the most popular uh, Palestinian anthem right now. على عهدي على ديني على أرضي تلاقيني أنا نهلي أنا فديهم أنا دم فلسطيني 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 أنا دم فلسطيني